Hey guys, welcome to Cinemas of Sound. This is your host, Tony. And your co-host, Dervin. How's it going, uh, we have a We have a very special guest today. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself and, you know, tell us a little bit about who he is. But, um, you know, this all came about from a, a TV show called Next Level Chef, where um, he was brought into my life, my, my wife and I's life, and um, big impact in regards <laughs> to the, the, the cooking space. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm a fan right now, so I'm sorry if I'm messing up a little bit, but a big fan so far. Um, my name is Chef Ruel Vincent, born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago, migrated over here in 2001, week before 9-11. Um, wow. Been in and out the kitchens of uh, New York, and now I reside at Aspire an event space uh, at the top of the World Trade Center. So I take care of all VIP events. Awesome, man. Awesome. awesome. So, so tell me about that journey in 2001. Um, how, how was that transition? I mean, wow, what, when a time to come. I transitioned to a, a New York in 2002. Okay. Um, so a year later. But, I mean, yours must have been very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I was in uh, high school. Came over here when I was about to go into Form 3. We do the British system back over there. So high school, secondary mm-hmm. class. Uh, made the move about yeah, about a week before 9-11, you know, and came over here, and that was a real rough introduction. Wow. wow. It's funny how life I it. I mean, came out here, went to high school out in Queens, from Queens, transitioned to Michigan to go to college, um, switched around majors, uh, was in, uh, on my way to be into a doctorate program for physical therapy. Wasn't really gelling with that. Um, switched over to nursing, wasn't gelling with that. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? Food has always been my passion. So I took a brace that just dropped right out. Mm-hmm. And I uh, hopped over into New York. My aunt at that time had a catering company um, in Manhattan. And uh, mm-hmm. you think Ramsey's tough. Ramsey's Teletubbies come get to her. <laughs> I believe it. I like that. She, what was that. Ran, like that. she ran me through the ringer on that. What, what was that uh, first dish that was like, like after you made that, you were like, all right, I could do this. Like, and make money off of it and like for a living like there was no making money bro not gonna lie to you um it was more of i was out of options and the kitchen is a place of reform made up of misfits delinquents a bunch of other people who just don't have any other option kitchen provides reform structure so when i got in there man i was working for pennies my aunt made sure that even though it was her catering company, I had to start from base bottom, like literally base bottom, um, from peeling potatoes, and it was for free. It was no money. You can get a little bit of tip here and there at the end of the week, but could you imagine busting your, your behind for um, 80 hours and then you walk off with like 60 bucks in your pocket? Definitely, I see that taking a toll on you after a while. Exactly. And um, after a while, I worked my way up from prep to cook, from cook to lead cook, and then from that to Sue, and then from Sue to her head chef. 
And the reason why she did that, because she was working with guys who've been with her for years. She wanted to make sure that if I had to take the mantle of leadership there, I had to earn throughout the ranks. So there will be no, um, how to put it, there will be no one to challenge me at that point in time. This kid, yeah, this kid works for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah bro. You earned your respect. Yeah, uh, it was very, very, very. Um, so I know from the show you talk about your dad's influence. Like, how does that work? Like, where does the, your dad's influence in your cooking come from then? Because I know you talk about your aunt right now. So where does the dad poetry come from? I would say my dad was always known for his cooking. Him and his brothers. They all could cook. Mm. But my dad was the type where to hang out in Trinidadian or to say it in a Trinidadian term would be liming. To go lime is to go hang out. Mm-hmm. So that's the term. So if you wanted to go to the river and they have a cookout, my dad was what you would call a bush cook, meaning he'd be the one that's able to actually make a dinner or a lunch at the riverside. Fire, wood, seasoning, all other stuff, like whether you do curry duck and dumplings, all those other type of stuff. So he was the one who did that. He was very quiet, but he had a, a, a very, he was so steeped when it came to cooking. Like it was, it was his everything. And he was a cab driver. Um, my dad always would take my brother and me out to little spots. If you're from the Caribbean, you know you got these little hole-in-the-wall spots of vendors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's a certain um, food that's indigenous to that spot. And it's like... And that food's A1 all yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I definitely. Tell you, the, food, the food is slapping in those spots. No lie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. My dad had this way of just taking us there. And watching how we ate and how we uh, understood some of the food that was, you know, steeped in uh, Trinidadian culture. So my dad played a big mm-hmm. role. Also my great-grandmother and my grandmother as well. That's awesome, man. Awesome. What, what would you say was the end goal for you, right? Is is it uh, multiple restaurants of your own? Uh, is it, you know, a, a culinary school of your own? Uh, maybe a, a show of your own. Like, what's uh, all right? I, I, I guess let me uh, put a number on it. Five years from now, where where are you? Five years from now, honestly speaking, um, I have like this little ten goal, ten year plan that I have in my head. The end result is basically going to be more like a lounge type vibe bar where <laughs> you know you serve upscale like tapas. I want to hit that middle that middle range where it's like. The average joke could come in. My mission is more of good food. I know what it takes for people to go out. For those who can afford and those who cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. Those who cannot afford it, it's a treat. And you want to get every... You want, you want your pennies worth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Because you're taking the time to take your family out. And I want to... My mission is just to provide good food. Good food, bring back that sense of... Uh, community when it comes to food because food is fellowship that's my mission more than anything but five-year plan um it's still a little it's still a little fuzzy man because a lot of things are hitting me i'm still evolving in the whole craft itself and i'm one of those who's dedicated to it so i don't like to put myself in a box and be like this is the goal this is where i'm going for i'm just here to follow the flavors and wherever that takes me it takes me I like that. Follow the flavors. Follow the flavors. So since we talk about flavors, I, 
I'm going to just, you know, reference some stuff from the episodes. Um, the fusion episode, I felt that was the one where you were the most challenged. You were the most frustrated, I felt. The most uncertain, I felt. I, I felt a whole new side of you. I thought you were like the stone cold killer. And then I was like, wow, my boy is really struggling right now. So what happened with the fusion challenge? I'll tell you exactly what happened for that challenge. To be honest, I was trying to showcase my culture. Mm -hmm. And I could not find a Caribbean anywhere. Mm -hmm. Not even Jamaica. I couldn't find an African country there anywhere. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, if I'm here to display my culture or any African or Pan-African food, or anything that links to my heritage wasn't on that platform. So now it's like, I was like, okay, I can cook. Let's spend more time looking through this thing to make sure we don't miss it. And time goes by so fast. Yes, so yes, I grabbed yes, yes. Spain and I put it down on that side. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, because I can't find anything else. So I keep searching. I was like, yo, I cannot, I must be missing something. And yo, time just ran out. Japan was in front of me, and I just took it. Got it. So got it. For me, getting lost in that now, trying to find my culture in this, just let me know how food isn't as uh, diversified as you think. Yeah, would you say that was a miss on the show production team? Not, not trying to bad mouth the show. I think the show is great. I think it gave great people exposure. But do you think that was a miss on their part, not giving each ethnic group that was there the opportunity to highlight their particular group if they wanted to? I would say a little more thought could have been put into that. Seeing because okay. they did a great job. The whole cast is diverse. Like, yeah, I thought so too. I've ever seen in my whole life. I agree, so, 100%. They did a great job on that, but you know what it is? West Indian food always gets you know, kind of like over Overlooked, and the reason why is because they, people only appreciate West Indian food when you go on vacation, right? You go to the Caribbean, oh, that's real good, you know, that's great. Then you come back here, and it's out of sight, out of mind. People don't understand that it's a whole melting pot of flavors that's untapped. Sure. See what I'm saying? We have so much influences all over the world that builds the Caribbean. So with that being said, we don't have enough people that advocate for it. So therefore, it gets a tendency to be overlooked. So for that fusion, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Your boy was sweating. <laughs> I was telling my best. It got to a point where Ramsey was just talking to me. And I was like, yo, dude, like, I, I don't need a full discussion right now. I need to out <laughs> there smelling uh, stuff, trying to figure this out. And um, it was it was it was rough. And then it just came to a moment where I was like, you know what? Let's just cook, bro. Fish is fish. The greens are the greens. Figure it however it is. And in the back of my mind, I kept telling myself, I was like, if push comes to shove, you're just gonna go into elimination. That way, you're on the top kitchen. You have everything you need. The platform doesn't disappear. Don't sweat too much. But your boy was sweating. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> gotcha. I, I, I got to ask. I got to ask. 
I've always wondered this seeing Chef Ramsay. Like, have you or have you seen anyone try anything he's made and like it's not a <laughs> I know where this is going. Because it's like you you want you on the show, you got you got like, you gotta like I want to show it's a mantra that I follow. Uh, I respect food. I don't respect people. It's a tough okay. one to swap, especially when I say it. And I'll, I'll break it down. Who doesn't have ego? It lets you know when you mess up, when you do a good job. You don't have to deal with anything else other than the product letting you know that it has been mishandled or handled appropriately. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't taste good, for me, it doesn't matter whoever it is. I was brought up in the kitchen in terms of uh, open kitchen. Speak your mind. Doesn't matter who makes it. I'd rather tell an executive chef or a chef that, hey, I don't think this is hitting, than have that chef go outside thinking it's hitting and embarrass themselves. As cooks, as chefs, you're there to challenge each other, which means criticism is just part of the job. Makes sense. So if it wasn't hitting, I would say, and I'll say why, respectfully. Because the goal is not to tear down, it's to uplift. Mm. So as long as it's constructive. Exactly. It has to be. Mm. You can't Mm. just give a man an opinion with no backing on it. Yo, I don't like this. Why? That's the question you need to So you need to, if he made something on there, and I was like, yo, bro, you're missing some salt. (laughs) The reason why I'm going to say Constructive, yeah. It's how you say it. That's the next thing, too. You can't just be, you know. It might just be for TV. Sometimes I feel like he's not too mindful of that, like how you say it, the delivery. But it could just be a TV I mean, thing. You think Ramsey wouldn't tell you if your stuff ain't seasoned? No, I think he would, Rob, but he, he might does, be able But to he goes extreme sometimes, though. <laughs> yeah, he might be able to deliver it better, think, but I also think that's his brand, kind of. I think with Ramsey, and I can't really speak for him, but from my understanding, from watching him for so many years, Ramsey's only hard on you when you're a professional. Claiming to be something, therefore he has an expectation from you. You're in the industry, you claim to have this title, I'm expecting X, Y, and Z from you. If you don't produce and you fall short of that, guess what? There's repercussions. There's questions. Okay, so you lied to me. So you're not on this level. If you're not on this level, why are you claiming to be this? If you watch him with I mean, kids, that's, he's open. He's that's very true. open. Yeah. If you watch him with any other, any, anybody, especially this show, not yelling, not screaming, because he knows it's a diverse. He can't get on anybody if you don't know. But if you're claiming to be this exec chef from X, Y, and Z, and you have X amount of Michelin stars, and you gave me a bowl of oatmeal and said this is a dinner, you get the point? That's a good point. That's a Definitely. fair point. That's like the same thing that was happening with James Harden when he was in the Rockets. You know, like they were like, "Why are you out of shape?" Or Zion, like, "You're a paid athlete. Like, you should. This is your job. Like, you, you're supposed to be at that level. That's why you got this contract. So it makes sense. I get it. Mm-hmm. I completely get that. I completely get that. Um, I know you were saying that you know the Caribbean, you know, influence or cuisine isn't you know not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say respected, but underappreciated do you feel maybe you might be able to answer this question are there any caribbean michelin star restaurants out there 
To be honest, I wouldn't be able to give you an honest answer. I and do if there know is some chefs that have James Beards. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will tell you this. Uh, Kwame Owache, he has Nigerian, Trini, and Jamaican types. He's a James okay. Beard with, like, he has mm-hmm. Chef JJ, Pan African, Caribbean as well. James Beard. So there are people out there that are making big moves. Um, this other chef who's on Food Network, I forgot his name. Um, he's also bringing that to the forefront. Like people are slowly understanding the cuisine has depth. I mean, you look at any culture across the board, especially in the Caribbean, we have so many influenced Chinese from the future mm-hmm. laborers. You got African from slaves. You have Indians from indentured laborers. And then you have my great-grandmother who is Black, Portuguese, and Carib, indigenous. So the first people for Trinidad and Tobago. So mm-hmm. you have Caribs and Arawaks, I'm sure. One of you guys are GT, right? You guys from Guyana? Yeah, me. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's me. So you have these, these, these natives to this land already. And then you have the European influence, mm-hmm. Greek and all these other things that make up the Caribbean. We have a lot of flavors. It's there. It's for, okay, let's break this one part down just to show how food travels. Trinidadians call mac and cheese what? Macaroni pie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand that macaroni pie was the first name for mac and cheese down south. So imagine know that. that. So imagine how that traveled down. You have slave owners that took trips probably down to Mississippi, stuff like that. And it was, I think with, I think it's Thomas Jefferson. He had a slave, I can't remember his name, that he sent over to France to learn how to cook. And he's very steeped in um, Southern cuisine. Not talked about much, but guess what? That one word traveled from there and stuck throughout the Caribbean in terms of mac and cheese is called macaroni pie. So you can tell how food travels. Food, food always makes movements where you think it's not supposed to be. Get where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, 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 Caribbean food just needs to, it needs a good push. It's not only about jerk chicken, rice, and peas. It's like, there's so much depth. There's so much history. And a lot of it is slave food. That's the next thing. Okay. And what would you say is the one thing to really push the agenda forward? Like the Caribbean cuisine becoming more mainstream, um, maybe getting our first Michelin star. Maybe we do have a Michelin star restaurant out there. Like outside of like the show that, you know, that I think really highlight the cuisine that you talked about, you know, Trinidad and, and the influence and they talk about your flavors, but what else can like, the culture do of the Caribbean to like really push the, the, the agenda forward? Uh, I think we need to start reaching out to big networks like Food Network, Travel Channel, stuff like this. Start bringing down some of like a, a have segments where you explore the Caribbean. We have enough islands there and it's diversified and crazy. So let's say Food Network or Bon Appetit or all these other, you know, big networks, big names, 
start to investigate what makes Caribbean cooking what it is. I mean, that would be a, a big help. Because I think within our own islands, yeah, we promote the food. We're used to it. You know what I mean? We're always surrounded by it. It's like going nose blind. However, mm-hmm. when you have a guest that comes from, you know, the Americas or any place or a foreigner or a tourist, first thing you'll be like, yo, you have to try tea, or you need to try Papa Pot or you need True. to try that. We get excited. But on our own, we don't push it. But I think if these big, if we reach out to these big networks and be like, hey, there's something here that we can push that's on untapped. I think we'll be able to go so much further with that. I'd probably do wonders for the, the tourist economy in the, a lot of countries too as well. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think um, for me, you know, having a Caribbean family, um, you know, I'm of Haitian descent. Um, and I, I love when people try Haitian food for the first time and they're just like, you know, <laughs> like, what, what, this is crazy. What is this? But then on the other side of it, I'm kind of really protective of my culture too. Like, I wonder, I wonder if uh, unconsciously that's a reason why uh, we haven't, I guess, branched out in terms of the network. It's so surprising. Some of, especially with like Southern cuisine, I feel like uh, some of those dishes are like staples, like, like almost every melanated household, at least, you know, has had that or tried that. Right. And then it's like, I I don't know, like with what you mentioned in regards to that connection with like some places in the South and the Caribbean, it's like interesting, like how in between uh, some of those cuisines are like some of that, like, uh, how would I say, heritage uh, gets kind of lost in between there. I have a question. Um, does Haitian cuisine have any type of food that's wrapped in a banana leaf? I'm pr- in a banana leaf, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I'll put it to you this way. So we have something called pastels, um, mm-hmm. which is basically a cornmeal that's wrapped in a banana leaf. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to DR, you have pastelis. Same thing, banana leaf, cornmeal. If you go to Jamaica, they call it uh, blue drawers, or in Africa, they may call it dukuno. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what it is in Haiti. Dukunu. So imagine that. We all have the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's all descended from Africa, bro. They, it's like they all have different names, the base of the banana leaf. Mm-hmm. It's either sweet or savory, and it's made from cornmeal. Banana leaf, dime a dozen in the Caribbean. Cornmeal, great traveling food, easy. Flavor yeah. food, to be honest. Yeah. And most of these things are done with either orphals, which is like organs, or some sort of off-cut that isn't meant to be eaten, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is what makes the Caribbean the Caribbean. We all share the same food. We call it differently. And it's like, it's that experience that we had from slavery, from being colonized and having to figure out where, how to feed ourselves, given the scraps that we were given. See what I'm saying? So it's a lot of history there, bro. There's a lot of things that food creeps its way into different cultures. It's like every culture has a chicken and rice dish, 100%. 
Oh, yeah, totally agree. See what I'm totally saying? agree. They don't have that. So it's like we're, we're, we're not that different. Water may separate us, but as a people, we're, we're, we're the same. Same struggle. Same to And my, uh, I would say my mentor is actually, yeah, my mentor is Haitian. That's awesome. Um, everywhere. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry G, he is my mentor. And uh, my other mentor is Victor. So those two guys really trained me out of it. He's the first person that introduced me to John John Rice. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that correctly. I've never had that, but I got to try it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said it. You said it correctly. That should be hidden, boy. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> if, no, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's really really good. And you guys have something else called? I don't know if I'm saying this right. I hate to mispronounce stuff. Um, Grill. Grill. Yeah, like a- yeah. Grill. It's like um, it's fried pork essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, it's we're uh. Saying- all the same. Yeah. Definitely. It's, uh, I mean, I guess uh, with, from a content perspective, because I know you mentioned like Food Network and, and, and some of these like big content conglomerates, uh, maybe investing more into the Caribbean and the cuisine there. I mean, do you have, I guess, any long-term aspirations yourself to like maybe investing or creating a platform like that? Like a, oh, like a, a bon appetit or yeah, I would love to be an advocate for that, honestly speaking. Um, because there's so much I still need to learn. By the time I got pulled out in terms of like high school, there's a lot in my culture I still don't know as well. And because I'm in food, I like to go down the rabbit hole. If I find out something, I'm DC diving on it. You know what I'm saying? And now that I'm a chef, you know, you try to put your flavors or gently ease people in. Like, you see how we just said you were protective of your own culture in terms of, like, the food? Is it because what? Um, You feel like they wouldn't understand the flavors or where the food comes from. Therefore, you feel the need not to share. Because it might not be. it's like... So, so grow... I think uh, it's with me individually, like, growing up, right? So, I grew up in a household, you know, my dad, very aware of, like, where we come from, his history... Um, and that trickled out on me. Being in school, there was a, an unfortunate period during my youth where folks thought it was, like, funny to crack down on Haitians. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that's where the being protective of, like, my, my heritage and culture stems from, really. Like, not like, oh, the food's A1 and I don't want you to try it. No, I want you to try it so you start you stop trying to cut my ass about, like, like food and stuff like that because you're uneducated on, like, the history and culture you know what i mean so like, that's more so where it stems from it's not like, like i don't want you to try like now nah, you got to try it so you come correct because you know you miss it gotcha. out. but uh, See, i think uh, that's more so what it is i think a lot of people don't understand that haiti was one of the first caribbean islands to uh liberate themselves the first the first yeah uh, i mean that 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 says a lot in itself so there's a lot of yeah. pride that, you know, you guys set the tone for the Caribbean. That's a big fact. 
I would I would say uh, not just the Caribbean, but the the Western Hemisphere. I'd say most of South America, uh, America, even like the United States, like we helped all those countries like win their independence after winning ours, and it's super dope. It's, it's funny. Uh, we, me, and Tony were actually in. Uh, we were in uh, Colombia recently. Um, I don't think it was Tony. Yeah. It was another person in our group that I was talking to, and uh, he was asking me something about being Haitian. And I said, it was, this is real cocky, but I was like, listen, man. If, you know, my ancestors helped your country win its independence, I at least deserve a free flight, you know, maybe one, one meal at <laughs> <laughs> your best restaurant. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's funny, man. That's true. That's true, man. Um, oh, so the, w- one thing that I always am impressed about chefs is that you guys kind of all know a little bit about every single cuisine and to be on the show, you're tossed like you have to make this type of meal or this type of dish. Like, how do you remember all those different techniques and, um, um, temperatures and what goes well with, with, is it like you kind of learn four staple things or do you kind of have to learn the entire book? Like, how do you keep all that knowledge? I would say this, man. To be a chef, you got crazy. (laughs) Okay, put it this way. When I was in college, I just studied to get the grade and to pass. There was no feeling about Mm -hmm. it. When I realized that I was in love with food was when I was able to look at a recipe and have it click. It automatically stayed, immediately. And if you show me, it's definitely not going to So as a chef, it's repetition. So, okay. There's certain standard basis for cooking. Where mm-hmm. you have, you ever heard about the Holy Trinity? Or merpois. Merpois is a French term for carrot, celery, and onion. Right? That's okay. the base for French cooking, right? I'm going to bring it home now. Um, <laughs> down south, they got their own Holy Trinity. Which is going to be onion, bell pepper, celery. I'm going to bring it a little bit closer now. In the Caribbean, you have something called green seasoning, which they blend up, which is going mm-hmm. to be scallions, onion, mm-hmm. ginger, garlic, or some sort of hot pepper. If you hate you don't do the ginger part. Pickle. I don't think we do the ginger part. And Guyana, I don't think we do the ginger, but I got to ask. The ginger is new. I don't think we do the ginger, but that's good, though. I got to try that one. Well, it depends what you're going to season with. So mm. when it comes to, like, if I'm doing anything, like, say I'm doing Trini Chinese, I'm throwing ginger in that mix. Yep. If I'm not, I'm going to remove that. If I'm doing Chinese, I'm doing scallion, ginger, and garlic. That's a must. If you're doing Thai, you keep those three and add um, lemongrass mm-hmm. and chilies. See what I'm saying? So we all have our own little base. So once you learn the base for a lot of things, oh, sofrito, that's another thing. So we all have our own base. Once you know the base of certain cuisines, you can build flavor. And by doing Uh, that, I mean, you just keep building on that. And repetition is another thing, man. And having self-drive to just be open to knowledge and just reading books and making sure you're on top of things, what's trendy, what's not. Because food is just like fashion. It's always on a rotation. 
always guaranteed. Because there's like no so new ingredients. When you say it's trendy, like fashion, are, are you saying like there might be a trend in the style of plating or like like the flavors that people are cooking in is, is what's in right now? Is that what you mean? Okay, I'll, I'll put you this way. Um, on TikTok, there's this huge thing where it's like these uh, these fries or that they make with thinly sliced potatoes that you stack up and you fry them. And they're like, they were like oh, my God, they take like 12 hours to make. They're so dope. Okay. Cool. French people have been doing that for eons. It's just been picked back up. Someone mm-hmm. made it trendy, yeah. and we're good to go on that. So, like I said, food is like fashion. It always comes full circle. Always, always. Like there was one time where there was like this big cauliflower trend, and I'm like, man, from buffalo cauliflower to like cauliflower puree, cauliflower soups. So it's like food. Food, food has its trendy moments, but it's just like fashion. It always comes full circle. So what what are you, what are your views on <clears throat> the Caribbean diet, right? Like um, uh, one thing I, I've noticed uh, that might be a trend right now is uh, the continued emphasis on like healthy eating, like whether it's like being vegan or like keto or like uh, depending on what you believe, um, like you know like only eating raw meat or something crazy like that. You know what I mean, like. Uh, I guess, you know, crazy to some, but, um, uh, let me, I get let me make sure. I'm, yeah. 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 Um, it, like, what do you, I guess I, I'm, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the healthy eating trend right now. And if, if it is something that like you're mindful of or passionate about it, like, have you tried to incorporate that more in your cooking? Have you been doing that from the jump? Uh, I like. I what, mean, what are your thoughts on it? The Caribbean has a bunch of like healthy lifestyle. Uh, first of all, <laughs> let's look at Rastafarianism. They eat Ito food, which means there no salt, nothing that isn't from the earth, nothing that's manufactured, and the food has a lot of flavor. So they're able to manipulate stuff like coconut milk and um, mm-hmm. these tubers fruits in order to get these deep flavors without using a lot of salt and all the other stuff. Um, then you have like Caribbean pescatarians, where, you know, it's only the fish and everything yeah. that's provision. Where you have the yam, the, the, the malanga, all these other things that are tubers roots that are great. However, not all of them are, are that great because tubers roots are high in um, carbs and carbs get converted into sugars. So it's like my dad who was diabetic, mm-hmm. right? And being educated mm-hmm. in food is a big thing because he was like, you know what? I'm good. I can have the rice. Not really. Because rice is a carbohydrate that gets turned into simple sugars when you eat them. So it's all about educating yourself. I don't believe there's a perfect diet, but there's a way how to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Everything within moderation, in my mind, is a good thing. Excess, you might have some problems. So I'm not one of those who like, well, I'm going to cut off meat completely because X, Y, and Z. If you want to treat yourself, treat yourself. We're not on this earth to punish our, ourselves by our diets. It's all about eating smart, eating healthy, and eating within reason. So when it comes to diet and stuff like that and trends, I don't really follow that much. And being a chef, we have the worst diets ever. <laughs> 
that because you guys are trying so many different flavors and experimenting? We just don't have the time. We're oh. a chef mm-hmm. here to serve. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what did you have for dinner yesterday? I think I had um, some um, lamb chops and like... I had some lamb chops and like some salad, some bun on pizza, you know, a little Haitian something. Okay, okay. Um, and you said you had cook up, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I cook up. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Hot dogs are great. Hot dogs are awesome. Yeah, but the thing yeah. is, people in the kitchen don't don't eat that great. And the reason why is because we're always on the move. So either you're grazing and you're chasing stuff all day, and by the time you get home, you don't want to cook. Imagine yeah, I believe that. all day. All day. I'll narrow it down even better. You're going over by Mom Dukes to like help with either Thanksgiving or Christmas. By the time you're helping her, at the end of the day, you're exhausted, no? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine doing that every day. No, I... Yeah. It's crazy you say that because, like, I, I I can always think back to seeing my mom, like, chef it up crazy, like, throw it down, lay it down for the fan, and not want to, like, eat or not feel like eating afterwards. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm stuffing my face. Like, you don't want to join us? And she's like, nah, it's working. Like, <laughs> you're over there busting it down. You're in some good food. And, and, and you just I always say, man. When you get into this business, you're into serving others. You miss a lot of things. You miss birthdays, holidays, weddings, all sorts of stuff. Because guess what? You're providing that experience for your customers, your guests. They're coming in for the birthdays, the anniversaries. It's it's a very selfless job. Mm. Very selfless job. You have to love it. That's why I always tell people I'm not passionate. I'm hungry. I've seen too many cats in this business get burnt out and become salespeople for like big food companies. I'm like, yeah, I used to be a chef. What happened? Well, you know, I was just tired of the run of the mill because they're passionate. Passion burns out. Hunger, that's something you need to survive. So that's something yeah. I always love putting 110%. After I watched cats like burn out and stuff like that, I said, nah, man, I love this too much. I can't let this happen to me. How do I prevent this from happening to me? Self-educate. Always, always try to be perfect in your craft as best as possible. That's my two cents on that. So, so I have a question. So outside of Caribbean cuisine, what other cuisine had a major influence in the way you cook? And... You know, I love to travel. I travel all over. Darv and I have done a bunch of trips together. Like, which other country outside of the Caribbean had a big influence? When you went there, you tried your cuisine, and you were like, I need to bring some of this back to my restaurant, or I need to bring some of this back and, like, master this or, like, combine this somehow. Um, I was able to travel a lot, man. So I traveled via the Internet. I traveled via YouTube. Google and try to figure out cuisines that I think I need to be strong in, the bases I need to know. A um, couple cuisines that stood out the most for me, honestly speaking, or styles of cooking, anything Southern, 100%. I love Southern cooking. I love when people put 
their soul. But they put that kneecap all the way in in that pot, and that's how good that food tastes. That's that's what I like. Um, what else? I like it. I like it. Barbecuing. Love it. Don't like doing it. I tried that once when I went down to Texas. Nah, boy, I'm good. That That's patience. <laughs> that is patience. <laughs> I, I, I did a bet with one of my friends, and it was like, yo, you city boys don't know how to barbecue. I said, all right, challenge accepted on me. No problem. I'm do this easy. You know what it is to maintain an open fire at 250 for like 14 hours, my guy? And it can't fluctuate. <laughs> I look at my boy with my mentor. He lives out there. I said, look, we're going to hit them a six foot nine. We're going to take this brisket. We're going to put it in the oven for three and a half hours at 350. And it's going to be tender the same way. Just before they come on, we're going to throw it on the smoker and lie through our teeth. They showed up. <laughs> they were like, oh, see so you guys had it on the brisket, brisket smoke. And I said, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. It was like, you see what happened when you put it on the fire for that long? You just taste the love. I say, yeah, boy, 350, three hours. I said, that was done enough. You're welcome. But <laughs> it's just like food, man, anything with flavor I'm interested in. I don't box myself off to any kind of uh, region or, or, or type of cuisine. I just like food, period. So if it's What about good, poultry? Huh? Do you have a, a preference between like? What? Do you have a, a do you have a preference between like chicken, pork, fish, or are you kind of just open to like you know any 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 form? Um, open to any form. Um, I respect anything that has to be killed in terms of like any animal. Full utilization is a big thing. Uh, I believe we waste too much, and we have to learn how to minimize that waste um for me i just love breaking down animals honestly speaking in terms of like whether it's butchery understanding cuts how to utilize it so if i get chicken i'm getting whole chicken i'm breaking it down into different parts whether i debone most of it and i keep the bones for stock see what i'm saying um like that if it's fish i'm doing the same thing I have like in my freezer like back sealed bones and stuff like that. So when I do decide to make a stock, I have bones. I make my own stock and I vacuum seal. It's just easier. And you know what? You work hard for your money and then you spend it on food. I think you want to maximize the amount that you get on that return. So whole utilization, stuff like that, bro. Um, I don't have a particular, you know, type of protein that I pick over the other. Honestly speaking, if it moves, I eat it. Mm-hmm. Honestly speaking. So, are you into like wild game? Because I've I've had like iguana, turtle, rabbit, laba, bunch of different things. Uh, have you have you? I've had um, rabbit, iguana once. Um, I haven't had like tattoo lap, which is like a armadillo that they eat back home. Um, mm. I eat it, eat back home. Um, I think some slots we eat back home too. Oh, but we okay. <laughs> you caught me and with that one. Also, <laughs> we eat uh, maniku, but maniku is uh, also the name for possum. Possum, okay, yeah. I think I've that's a that trait before. that developed up here, not down there. Because. Oh. 
They got to move. I don't think they want to play that. Uh, <laughs> that was a, a lot of exotic stuff that, like, both of you have tried. <laughs> What would you say was the most exotic? Actually, comes from um, mm-hmm. indigenous people. Some of these names are indigenous names. Like Maiku is uh, possible. Then you have Lapa mm-hmm. Tattoo. All these other names are like Amadello for Wild Hog, stuff like that. So it, it's steeped in the culture, man. So for us down there, like my dad's side of the family, big bush meat eaters. I remember the first time I seen an iguana, mm. Lord, I almost I mean, passed out. What? How they prepare it, I almost passed out. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's cultural. Yeah. It's cultural. You, you have to understand how cultures, cultures feel. But it's it's good though. And there's also right. history. Oh yeah. It's not an everyday <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a once in a while type. Yeah. Of, Correct. Yeah. 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 Special occasions. You know what's funny? Um, if you ever try iguana, it tastes like chicken. Like the first time I had it, I was like, yo, this tastes like chicken. But Never I feel like a lot of things I associate to chicken for some strange reason. I had turtle. I was like, this kind of tastes like chicken, but iguana definitely tastes like chicken to me. Uh, and that's a huge lizard. Most, most of them. It's a good. massive lizard. But it tastes really good, though. And I had it in a curry, which was delicious. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for new food, so I'm, I'm down it, it, to try the almost. The way I said it's more like anything. me, I'm going to just stick um, my toe in a little bit. <laughs> almost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, like, how how did this whole show come to be, man? Like, how did you get on the show? I know we kind of touched on a couple episodes, but... How, how did they, they way, find man? you? Like, um, I would love to hear that journey. My little brother and, and I... And how has that changed your life so far? Yeah, bad day we're putting on Ramsey's 10 or top 10 worst insults to people just to de-stress. So my boy's fiance saw like a little internet post about him having, well, mm. a show called Next Level Show. Okay. Didn't know who it was with. She looks at my boy and was like, yo, should we sign him up? He's like, I'll just send it to him. Um... Of course, pandemic on war zone. Um, playing some Call of Duty. I get this text and I open up the form. And when I tell you those questions, bro, we're talking about more than 100 questions deep. I was like, ah, oh, this is too much work. And while I was just on here, just, you know, playing COD, I was like, you know what? Wow. You're playing video games, bro. Just take an hour out of your time, fill out this thing. And I was about to give up. Like, it was a lot of questions, bro. And then I just submitted. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Then someone contacted me and was like, hey, uh, you want to set up like an interview? I was like, all right, cool. I was super awkward because I'm always back at the house. Back at the house, you're a little bit more timid. I mean, when we're in our element, we're very forward, very uh, alpha-like in personality stuff like that but when it comes to like new people we're kind of like mm. so the interview i thought was going horrible but guy was smart he would tell me he wasn't recording it was probably recording when i felt more calm 
and normal and stuff like that. And he was like, all right, great, got it. I said, you're done? Yeah, that's it. Didn't hear from them for months. So I just gave up on it. Then they were like, yo, bro, producers like your little um, interview, flying you out to Vegas. I was like, huh? Okay. Then I started to research a show and it was with Gordon Ramsay. And I was like, holy shit. That's what <laughs> really, really sunk in. And then we just got to Vegas. And um, because it's COVID, I mean, the production team, when I tell you, these guys made sure everybody was safe. From the plane, into your own van, into your room, they take your room key from you, and you have to quarantine for three days. You get tested every single day for a whole whole month. You're tested every day. Um, you weren't allowed to leave your rooms, and uh, that was it, bro. From the hotel room to the filming of the show. That's how that whole journey came. Right? It was very intense. Man, that, so being around Ramsey, bro. That's uh I mean that sounds intense. That's a lot. No, that's a lot. Yeah, you got that kind of money intense. on the line. You think you want to sneak out? Didn't get a chance to explore stuff, Vegas? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I'd imagine, you know, someone with that type of experience yeah, I mean, that accomplished uh, you, know, you definitely wanna lock um, in and Learn what you can, network as well. Practice to walk in. And they were like, okay, great. Let's do one more practice time to see how you guys do it. And when we walked through those doors, Ramsey was standing there. So they kind of surprise you. You get that genuine type like reaction. And I was like, yo, homeboy is like literally a couple feet away from me. Like that was hard to digest. I'm not going to lie to you. Starstruck yeah. was not was was not even the word. I mean, I've worked with tons of celebrities, tons. But there was someone who how to put it that you watch. That's an idol mm-hmm. of yours. So close. Oh, I said being in front of your idol like that was wild. I'm sorry, you you uh, broke up uh, that so last part so, there. So surreal seeing him. Then you have Chef Blaze and Chef uh, Arrington. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, these are some heavy hitters in the culinary world. Heavy hitters. And I was like, man. And then you start surveying the other, you know, contestants and stuff like that, and you're like, okay. A lot of people look. One of the producers looked at me and he was like, why are you looking at everybody's feet? I said, because I want to know who works in the kitchen. If you work in the kitchen, you have certain shoes. Yeah, because if you're, you're probably going to wear Birkin. Mm, wow, you can tell from people's feet? So I was just looking at oh, wow. the director. Just looked at me and was like, hmm, smart. But I was like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm trying to peep game from the jump. I'm not trying to get no surprises. Because I was in Birkenstocks the whole time. Uh-huh. And that's that's my work. And and is 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 it did you feel like any com- intense competitive energy from any other chef? Like like was there other chef that was like, 
I gotta to make sure I'm too. on top of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, or is it yeah. all a collaborative environment? So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, okay, I'm watching you, and then have somebody or a home cook or somebody creep up on me because I ain't got. <laughs> I put my eyes on everybody. Everybody's top competition in my eyes, until proven otherwise. That's the best mindset to go in there. Just make sure that everybody in there, you look at yeah. them, but you don't want to get snuck up on <laughs> at all. And then again, not every day is going to be your day. Look at me. Yeah. I was market. I was about, I was about to ask about that. I was about to yeah, ask about yeah. that last episode that came out last week Wednesday when you were in that was it triple elimination? We were Yo, a little worried. You know we what? were a little worried. We were like, I don't know if he's gonna pull this and off, man, because he picked up the wrong. You didn't pick up the plate, buddy. He missed because a your whole boy plate. <laughs> How do you do that? A plate. The, the thing was, just pick up a plate, and he missed it. Over here, over here. But the thing about that that had me going, no lie, had to be the fact <laughs> that you're conditioned to grab. You have been conditioned to grab ingredients. I'm a little slow sometimes. So yes, 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 yes. when I heard it, I was like, yo, I need more ingredients for my stuff. Like, And the plates didn't really stand out to me. Because if you look at the episode, there's a lot of flat plates like mine. There were a couple plates that actually, Kenny's plate was a riser. Mm-hmm. P.S. plate was a riser. Uh, Mariah's plate was mm-hmm. a riser. But everything else was flat. So after Kenny removed that board, everything to me just looked normal. Because I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah, Man, that's true. Let me tell you something. When I got back, she said, what did you get? I said, I got some. Carrot powder. Yeah. I got this. Just like plate, chef. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Dead answer. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like yeah, yeah, I saw I your like, face, man. It was mad funny. It was so funny. He was like, oh, And when it's so shit. good, it's in my face. Bro. I'm like, I'm supposed to grab a plate. Kenny's face was more, <laughs> Kenny looked like he was more worried than anything for me. You saw Kenny's eyes from the back like, bro. But you know what? What they didn't show was when I realized that I didn't have a plate, yeah, 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 I yeah, said, yeah. you know what? If I was yeah, working in the was... restaurant and I grabbed the plate and it broke, what would I have to do? Work with something else. And that's what I did. I was like, yo, bro, we're going to cry about this plate. We're about to cook. And I was very happy with what I produced. Mm. However, I know that would have cost me to go down elimination. And once again, like I always say to myself, I don't do elimination with so much fear. It's a place that once it touches you, you feel different. I'm not going to lie to you. Because now all your hopes and dreams are dependent on these. And I think that's where I um, I come from. Yep. Back against the wall kind of feeling. I come from a place where I didn't have a lot. So as I always told people, don't give me all the tools I need for success because then it's going to be a problem. So once I got, I was like, yo, bro, they're going to put me in elimination. It's all good. Because once you put me in elimination, once again, platform don't move. We're in the top kitchen. I got everything I need. Let's just bang that out. And uh, 
it was too close to me. It was a unanimous decision, but it was too close. I mean, it was unanimous. They, everyone, it was unanimous. They all chose your dish, but it was kind of close. Like, so close. We were like a little iffy. Was like, damn, man, we don't know where this is gonna go, it just, but it just you pulled it off, man. Like, Yo, we were, we were excited, super excited. But competition. okay, fusion dish. I mean, it is what it is. But I said, you have one job to do: what's to grab a plate. And because of that, now you just put yourself to destroy everything you work for. Just by forgetting. And that's where all that emotion came from. And I mean, it was strategy, bro. When I see these dudes grabbing all these heavy proteins, yeah. I was like, yo, bro, fish. Has to be fish. I said, you have to go with that. And um, that dish, I displayed technique. So the sauce that I made was made from lettuce. So I made the sauce from lettuce. Uh, I made sure everything was bright, vibrant. And goal I've worked before mm -hmm. with, and I've seen how the chefs react when you don't use enough of something. So I was like, yo, we're about to make this whole salmon heavy with this goal real quick. And um, when I did that, I watched everybody's dish, and I was like, okay, everybody, you know, put their soul on the plate. I respected <laughs> everybody that was in that elimination. Kenny, that's my day one. Courtney, love to death. Angie, same. And... Man, I was like a child beating behind my eyes, bro. Like, yo, pick me. Once they picked it, yeah. when I hit that board, bro, it's like that was just a crumb of my struggle yep. to the viewers who don't know my full story. The whole pie is just different. And I just, I was doing that for my dad. Yeah. And I just felt like when I tell you emotions washed over me, bro, Thank God the power of editing. Jesus. Ramsey, Ramsey had to pick me back up, bro. Once I went down, I went back down again. He had to grab me. He was like, um, I'm going to need to be respectful. Because <laughs> I just couldn't contain it, bro. I couldn't contain it. It, it, was, it was a raw, very raw moment. And you could hear the competitors who were standing there. Like, yeah, like, man. Yeah. And you can hear them as they're talking and they're solidified and you're like, yo, bro, I'm coming to this spot. Keep that shit warm because I'm coming. And that's 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 how I think. Yeah, it was it was different. It was different. That's that hunger like you talked about. I like that. Yeah. And I I've 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 gotta ask and this is something that we uh we ask all guests when you're when you're staying focused and, and locked in, uh, you know, on your goal. Uh, how do you block out the noise? Block out the negativity. Stay focused at the task at hand. You know? Locking it in. That's anybody who's worked with me in the kitchen. If I'm having a real rough day and shit's about to hit the fan, and you hear me say "big boy," it's a problem. <laughs> That's me focusing up. My face changes, my demeanor changes. It's just time to be as sharp as possible and just execute. So um, that happened to me a couple of times. Once I forgot that plate, I started to get flustered. Recenter myself, okay, big boy. That's me now slowing it down. I'm moving mentally, I'm slowing it down, reassessing what I have, 
how do I go about this? Okay, I don't have that. We substitute mm -hmm. this. Um, I've said that. Yeah, so anytime somebody hear me say, okay, big boy, they're like, okay. And they're like uh, an affirmation. Yeah, yeah, big guy, but no, it's a lot more to that. Once I say that, that's me locking it in. That's me locking it in. That means that's letting the viewer who knows me know that, yo, I'm having a rough time. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But that's how I lock it in, John. I love that. I love that. And I guess awesome. if you can just let the listeners or viewers know, like, you know, how can they learn more about you, follow your story? Um, um, what's I'm the next big thing for you that's coming that up that you want people to know about um, would be great. And then we can wrap and up. And one of them is going to be focused on Caribbean cooking. Um, that one is going to be real near and dear to my heart. It's going to be based off of the coffee bag or what you would call a crocus bag. I believe it's the bag that built the Caribbean. Um, if you ever had family members that work the land, you know they have this little burlap sack bag that you can use for everything, whether it's lunch, whether it's produce, whether it's anything. Exactly. Uh, I believe that's a bag that has a very um yeah rice bag, the big rice bag, right? Export, import, however you yeah. want to put it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. built us. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to be focusing on that. If you want to follow me, follow me on Instagram. I'm about giving free information. I'm a, I'm a person who puts everything on my stories while I cook. So if you want to catch any little tidbits from there, um, the mission is, man, is to just be open. I'm not one of those chefs that keep ingredients to myself. I'm here to share, help people be able to cook. Like a restaurant at home, to feel comfortable. Cooking is not intimidating. If you can read, you can cook, bro. It just takes patience. That's about it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I love it. I love it. You man. have inspired so thank you me so much to... for being in the show, man. Just don't be Trisha and burn down the kitchen. You've inspired me to give the kitchen another shot. We're not gonna Uber Eats it tonight. I like that. <laughs> 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 All right, man. So definitely Thanks, man. Luck, man. You and, uh, best, best of luck in the show as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.